0: Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. We're going to talk tonight again about the anointing, but the message is entitled Living Under the Anointing. And this is part two, Living Under the Anointing. This verse here in Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 refers to when the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, comes to threaten Judah and he puts tribute or a burden of tribute to pay to him or else he will come and destroy them. And so Isaiah prophesies that the burden will be removed and the yoke will be destroyed. In 2 Kings chapter 18, we pick up, it says, And the king, Hezekiah of Judah, sent this message to the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. I have done wrong. Go away and leave me alone. I'll pay whatever penalty you give me. So the king of Assyria demanded that Hezekiah pay Twenty two hundred and fifty pounds of silver and uh, 2250 pounds of gold. He said, I'll pay you whatever you want. Just go away. Don't put this burden on me or the people. How many of you have ever had a financial burden put on you? I believe tonight some financial burdens are going to be broken off your life, along with other burdens and other yokes broken off of your life. Hezekiah was king of Judah, so this threat was levied against Judah. Judah. Judah means praise. <laughs> Judah means praise. Here we are on the what many believe the tail end of the pandemic, but it's left in its wake a lot of deaths, a lot of Heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of vacancies in homes, businesses, churches, communities. What is done in essence for many, it's stolen your praise. Instead of people praising God, we have a lot of people complaining to God, mad at God, blaming God, and even, dare I say, blaming the church. And so those that come to church, come to church. But they don't have the same praise that they used to have because of the burdens and the yokes that have been placed on their shoulders and around their neck. Judah, it's important to understand Judah. It's important to recognize the power of Judah, the power of praise, because Judah was the tribe of the 12 that went out to battle first. Judah always went. First, Praise always goes first. If the enemy can steal your praise, he can steal your victory. I'm talking real good already. In fact, in Judges chapter one, verses one and two. And let me just say this before I go any further. I, 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 I really contemplated waiting until Sunday to preach this. When when we could really have some church. But 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 I felt impressed that this word was so important that we can't, I can't worry about how many folk going to praise him in the building. I got to release this word to those that will get it right now, because who knows, maybe by Friday you'll have your financial breakthrough. So in Judges chapter one, verses one and two, the Bible says, now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first? Who's going to go up first to fight against them? In verse 2, the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hands. So here we see God setting the precedent that praise would go forth first before the battle was waged. Praise has to go forth first. Then you get delivered Somebody needs to get their praise back. I'm going to say that over and over again. In Judges chapter 20, verse 18, the Bible reads, And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Praise has to go up first. Let's see why. God established this back in Genesis chapter 49 and verse number eight. The Bible reads, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be upon the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. So we see God says, (laughs) Judah, your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. <laughs> praise is, there's many definitions of praise, but this one is Yada. Yada is the throwing up of our hands, giving thanks to God, confessing the name of the Lord. And letting him know, God, you are my strong tower. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are my savior. You are my king. When we praise God, we're giving him the glory for everything that has happened and is about to happen. That's what biblical spiritual kingdom praise is all about. Praise is acknowledging God as creator and ruler of all things. When we praise God, when we praise God. See, God gets the highest praise mm-hmm, because there's nobody higher. God gets the highest praise because there's nobody higher. What, what does it mean? What, what, what are we talking about when, when I say God gets the highest praise? You know, well, well we, we see this in the world today. We see it all around us where people are praising other people for their accomplishments. And, and don't get me wrong, people should be congratulated and even given some type of praise for the things that they accomplished that few or if anyone else could ever do. Uh, in fact, right now, right now, right now uh, in New York at the U.S. Open tennis tournament, they're giving Serena Williams praise because this will, she said, be her last probably last tournament. So people are showing up, stars from all over the world are showing up to give her praise for her excellence playing tennis. There's nobody greater than Serena Williams in the realm of women's professional tennis. She has to get her props (laughs) and she has to get her praise. Well, God deserves the highest praise because God created Serena. God don't have to play tennis. He didn't have to put a racket in his hand. He doesn't have to stand on a tennis court. But since he made Serena, he gets the highest praise, which means you don't talk about Serena Williams more and better than you talk about God because he deserves the highest praise. I know, I know you love your husband and you love your wife, but you shouldn't talk about your husband or your wife in a way higher than you talk about God because God deserves the highest praise. I don't care who has blessed you. I don't care who who has been good to you. Nobody deserves a praise higher than God. Maybe it it was a surgeon that you credit with saving your life. Well, I want you to know that they didn't really save your life. The one that gave you your life, that you keep your life. Hallelujah. And he gave the surgeon the skill to help you maintain your life. So don't praise a a surgeon or a man or a woman higher than you praise God because he deserves the highest praise because there's nobody, nobody greater than you. Praise, as the scripture says, puts our hand on the neck of our enemies. If you ever had a a cat or a dog, you understand this principle because when you want them to stop doing something or move them from one place to the next, you grab them by the neck. And they can't bite you. They can't scratch you. They can't do anything. See, grabbing your enemy, grabbing our enemies by the neck this, listen, it takes away their defenses. They, they, they can't defend themselves. They, they can't hurt you. They can't harm you. They can't scratch you. They can't bite you. What God is saying is when we praise him, it gives us supernatural control over our enemies. What used to control you, now you control it. Don't let the devil steal your praise. You've got to learn how to give God an anointed praise because that's life under the... Anointing. Praise is the lion's roar. (laughs) When we praise God, it's like a lion roaring in the jungle. The roar is heard for miles. It gets birds' attention. Birds don't have to worry about lions. Birds fly in the air, live in trees, but the roar of a lion is so powerful and so moving it gets birds' attention, monkeys' attention, lizards' attention. Everybody pays attention when a lion roars. You need to know that when you praise God, when you praise God in spirit and in truth, when you praise him sincerely, you get every, inner, every creature's attention when we praise God. That's why praise must be in in every church that is of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we praise God, something happens in the atmosphere. Something begins to change in the atmosphere. It begins to affect every creature, every spirit when we praise Him. That's why our praise, hear me now saints, got to be careful our praise doesn't become religious. Because if our praise becomes religious, It's in danger of becoming entertainment. I try to be very careful about how we go about praising God in this church. Because I don't ever want it to be something that's robotic, (laughs) insincere, and or religious. Praise must be intentional. It must be intentional. In other words, you must know why you're praising God. Praise must be purposeful if it's going to be effective. You're praising him. We're praising him for a reason. There is a purpose why we praise God. We just don't praise God because the Hammond B3 go to plan. We, we just don't always praise God because somebody say, give him some praise. Hmm. Praise must be given with sincerity. With knowledge, you must know who you're praising and why you're praising God. Write this down. Praise given insincerely is called, well, let me say it this way. Praise given insincerely is not biblical praise. It's really defined and referred to and considered by God to be flattery. That's right. Insincere praise is flattery. You know, that's what they do in Hollywood. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's dressed to the nines. Everybody looks good in everything they're wearing, even Lizzo. You'll see that. You'll catch that later. You'll catch that later. You'll catch it. That's flattery. It's insincere praise. In the back of your mind, you're saying you, you shouldn't be wearing that. (laughs) It's quiet in here. Flattery is dishonest praise. It's telling someone they did well when they did horribly. It's telling somebody their food tastes good when it was nasty to you. Mm. Flattery, again, is dishonest praise. Flattery is coaxing speech. You're only saying these good things because you have a motive behind it. You know, that's what this, this is oldest time, oldest people. That, that, that's what brothers say to sisters. Ooh, girl, you, I ain't never seen nobody like you. That's coaxing speech. You ain't, you ain't all that to him. He's just trying to get something from you. So he's praising you dishonestly. It's flattery. It's dishonest praise. It's coaxing speech. It's false praise because they're trying to get something from you in the future. So when we praise God insincerely, it's like, God, I'm just doing this because I'm going to ask you for something after this. I just, I'm just giving you praise right now because I'm going to need you to get me out of something. I, I'm giving you praise right now because I need something from you. See, see we shouldn't praise God like that. We, we, we don't want to be insincere. We don't want to be flattering God. We want to praise God sincerely when we give him praise, when we clap our hands, when we sing our songs. If we do our dance, we need it and want it to be sincere before God. I'm not doing this for you to see me. Because false praise is seductive. <laughs> False praise is seductive. On the other side of that coin, women can give a man some false praise. You're trying to seduce that brother. Yeah, it's seductive. It's enticing. But more than that, it's deceptive. False praise is deceptive. We don't want to be deceptive in the house of God. Psalm, 30, Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verses 36 and 37, Psalm 78, verses 36, 37, and probably 38. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. It's false praise. And they lied unto him with their tongues. False praise. Verse 37. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he being full of compassion, Forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Even though God knows when folk are flattering him. You think God don't know when your praise ain't real? See, praise gets God's attention. Mm. Praise releases the anointing and the power of God when we do it sincerely. See, 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 we gotta be careful. And and I think we've arrived at a time and season for the world but and the church to where we 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 gotta reevaluate how we do church, why we do church, and what we do in church. Because, because, because we've gotta be careful, we don't just use praise. As a formula. Boy, I didn't want to get into this. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm not a big, big Facebook person. In fact, I don't have a personal Facebook page intentionally. But I know people that do. And I've heard constantly how Facebook is filled. YouTube, social media is filled with church folk having a praise break. It's more praise breaks than it is word. You got to ask yourself, why do so many people like praise breaks? what, 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 What is it about a praise break? Now, again, again, praise is biblical. Praise is necessary. Praise is required. But we can misuse something that's good. And, 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 and we need God to move in our lives and our homes and communities and families and churches and schools and government and fi- like everywhere. We need to move of God everywhere. So we got to back. We got to we got to back up and get sincere about what we do for God. We just can't come to church and just praise him because it make you feel better. We don't praise God to feel better. We praise God because he's worthy of the praise let, let, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. So again, praise releases the anointing and the power of God when done sincerely. Psalm 43, verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who has health to my countenance, and he's my God. Why do we pray? Because God is health. When I praise God, it releases the anointing and produces an atmosphere full of health, deliverance, and prosperity. That's why and one of the reasons we praise God because we need God to move and show up in the atmosphere and bring about an atmospheric change. Praise also takes... The focus off everything else and puts it back on God. Write it down. Praise takes our focus off our pain, our problems. And puts our focus back on God. Some of you need that. We need that every day. You can get up, turn the news on and your focus is jacked. We need to praise him. Some people, uh, dare I say, most of us that are believers, You need to praise God before you leave your house every day. Psalm 150, verses 1 and 2. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Oh, we praise God because he's done great things. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has God done anything great for you? Can you think of anything great that God has done for you? Can you imagine your life without God stepping in, intervening? Can you imagine where you would be had not God done at least one or two great things for you? That's why we praise him. That's why we magnify his name. And then he goes on to say we praise him for his excellent greatness. (laughs) God excels. In greatness, That's why he gets the highest praise. As great as anybody you know is, God is much greater. So we praise him in a greater way. We also praise God because nobody's greater than him. Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. Hmm. Verse 3, for the Lord is great. Somebody said, the, the Lord is great. Say it again, say, the Lord, is great. the Lord is great. For the Lord is great and great King above all gods. Our God, Jehovah God, is greater than any other God. So, we also praise God because we understand, some will learn today, that when we praise God, he sets traps for our enemies. Man, tell somebody that my enemy is about to be trapped. (laughs) He thought he was trapping me, but the reality of it is God... Is trapping my enemies. I just want to make sure you get that. God is trapping your enemies. There's some enemies that you've been dealing with that's been dealing against you that you after this message, you will no longer have to deal with them because God is setting an ambush for your enemies. How can I say that second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 22 tells us as they started to sing praises. This is God's people as they started to sing praises (laughs) as they started to sing praises the Lord set ambushments against the Ammonites Moabites and the people of Mount Seir who had come up against Judah and they were defeated as Judah began to praise as Judah began to release their praise God set ambushments against their enemies sometimes Getting the victory is easier than you think. Sometimes all you need to do is open up your mouth and begin to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. There is no God like our God. I will magnify him. God, you deal with my enemies. I'm not going to stay awake another night. I'm going to bless you and praise you and let you work it out somebody, God is working it out. Because I live under the anointing. My praise moves God. My praise moves God. When I praise God, he gets my attention. Because God no, I'm sincere. I'm not praising him religiously or fakely or to get some kind of reaction out of people. I'm praising God because he's my God. I'm praising God because he's been too good to me. I'm praising God because he saved me. I'm praising God because he cleaned me up. I'm praising God because he's healed me time and time and time again. You don't have to praise him. I'm going to praise him because I know what praise does. Because I know who my God is and I will bless him. Praise, my brothers and sisters, also invites the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise invites the presence of God. Praise gets the attention of God. Somebody needs to stop complaining and go to praising. Somebody needs to stop crying and go to praising. Sometimes you got to stop praying and go to praising. You may have to go back to praying after you praise, but you can't leave praise out. If you want God's attention, you need to praise him. You need to bless him. Psalm 22, verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou, that inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. Praise gets God's attention, and he comes and he sits on our praise. He's enthroned upon our praise. Uh, another way to say it and look at it is God will t- begin to make uh, uh, um, sovereign decisions. He rules from the throne of praise. Mm. God is enthroned on top of our praise. That's when you let him rule over your situation. <laughs> he makes sovereign decisions for his people when we praise him. See, there's some decisions. There's some things you put before God. You brought it to the courts of heaven and you want God to make a decision on your behalf. What you need to do is praise him. Thank him for making an judgment that's righteous because he's the righteous judge. Thank, thank him because he's a righteous judge. Don't, don't ever approach God like he's an unjust judge. God is not an unjust judge. God is a righteous judge. So when you and I approach him, we need to approach him with praise. God, I thank you that you're my God. I thank you you're my father. I thank you you know what I need before I ask you. I thank you that it's already done. I thank you when Jesus was crucified at the end, he said, it is finished. I thank you that you're not about to do anything. Everything you did for me, you already did it. You already decided to bless me you already decided to save me you already decided to deliver me so i'm just giving you the praise because it's already done i'm trying to help somebody get the blessing and the breakthrough because it's already done what you need to do is praise god i don't know what you can do you may be able just to raise your hand but then raise your hand if you can't open your mouth then raise your hand but if you can open your mouth open your mouth and raise your hand because god is making a decision right now based on what you do based on your praise your blessing is being released. It's coming your way. What you've been waiting on God to do is about to manifest all because you live under the anointing and your praise is anointed. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. He's Christ the Lord. He alone is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. When you're at your weakest, praise him. When you're upset, praise him. Mm. See, when Paul and Silas were locked up in jail, hmm Praise caused an earthquake. I'm telling you in the spirit realm there's earthquakes happening because God's people are praising him. Amen. Haggai says God will shake everything that can be shaken. So only that that cannot be shaken will remain. I'm telling you when you and I praise God, God begins to shake stuff around us. Hallelujah. We don't get shaken, but the things that need to be shaken, hallelujah, get shaken around us. And then Paul and Silas in this case, the earth was shaken around them. Why did the earth shake? Why was there an earthquake? Because the Bible says the foundation of the prisons was shaken loose. Hallelujah. God was shaking up what held them captive. When you praise God, God shakes what's been holding you back, what's been trying to oppose you. But when you and I praise him, he shakes away and shakes loose everything that opposed you, everything that stood in your way, everything that blocked you, everything that held you captive, praise causes it to be shaken loose. So in Acts 16, 25, the Bible says at midnight, somebody said the darkest hour of the day. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard. See, you you, got to be so bold that you don't care who hear your praise. Oh, I'm going to help two more people. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you go to work tomorrow, you may have to praise him in the ladies room and you don't care who's in there. Amen. Sometimes you got to just praise him. And you don't care who hears. The Bible says, and the prisoners hurt them. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundation of the prisons was shaken. The foundation of the prison was shaken. What, whole, what, the pri- <laughs> what the prison was built on was shaken. See, God ain't got to fool the prison. He'll shake what the prison is built on. What's holding the prison together, God shook that. And the Bible says and immediately all the doors were opened, all of them. God is opening some doors for somebody tonight. God is opening some doors for somebody that's not afraid to praise him. God is opening doors for somebody living under the anointing right now. There's some doors you have to go through. There's some things that have been blocked against you and kept, hey, God, and kept from you. But now there's access. Your praise is giving you access to things you didn't have access to before. I said your praise is giving you access to things that you did not have access to before. And then the Bible says that every prisoner's bands were loosed. Your praise, our praise can be so powerful, it sets other people free too. Your praise is so powerful, it can set other people free. That's why you should never be timid about praising God, especially in the sanctuary. Because you holding back is keeping somebody captive. But when you let yourself go, when you let yourself go and give God the praise he's worthy of, it's blessing somebody else. Hmm. So again, Isaiah ten twenty seven. as I get ready to close, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken off your shoulder and his yoke from around your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed. That means that, that enemy and that tactic will never work against you again. That yoke, I came tonight to tell somebody there's a yoke that the enemy has had on you for years that your praise is about to break off your neck and you'll never be bound, you'll never be a slave, you'll never be yoked up, hooked up, connected to that thing again. Let me make it even more plain for you. Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. Jesus is speaking. He says, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Watch what Jesus says. Take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Then he says in verse 30, For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Wait a minute. God doesn't want us yoked up with the enemy. Because the enemy's yoke puts burdens on us. Jesus said, if you yoke up, if you hook up with me, my hookup, my yoke is easy. A yoke is a coupling. it's It's a coupling tool used to bind two oxen typically together for them to work as one. The yoke keeps the oxen bound together and forces them to work together. Them working together makes the work easier than just one oxen, but it's still burdensome because the ox are controlled by the master. When you have a yoke on your neck, the enemy puts around you You have yoked up and coupled with him. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes, let's make it plain. Sometimes that yoke is drugs. And you got that drug addiction yoke on you. You can't break it. And the devil will make you get up in the middle of the night and go buy drugs and go stick up somebody or steal something from somebody in the house or your mama. So you can go get drugs and you're doing stuff you really deep down don't want to do. But that yoke on you is forcing you to do it because the enemy has yoked you up with a demon called drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Somebody, oh, I feel this here now. I, I'm, I'm going to say something even bold. It might even surprise me. I'm talking to somebody who got a sex addiction. Mm-hmm. You got a sex addiction, and there's a yoke on your neck that the enemy has yoked you to a sex demon that's making you do stuff you don't want to do, but because that yoke is on you, you can't help but do it when the demon caught. That yoke has to be destroyed. I speak against every yoke in the name of Jesus that the devil has put, that the enemy has put, on your neck making you do things you would not normally do but the yoke on your neck has caused you to be controlled by a demon and a spirit but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the power of his cross and the power of his blood we come against every yoke of bondage and we break it off your neck because of the anointing you are anointed to yoke up with Jesus you are anointed to couple with Jesus God has a plan for your life and it's not what you have been doing and it's not how you have been acting and it's certainly not how you've been living but when you give your life to Jesus Christ and you yoke up with him he will have you doing miracle signs and wonders. He will have you walking in the supernatural power of God. You will want to see people saved healed and delivered. You don't want to hurt nobody. It's that demon of anger on you that's got you walking around wanting to shoot, rob, steal and kill people but in the name of Jesus Christ we break every yoke of bondage on you in Jesus name and we you to die today right now if you yoke up with jesus his yoke is easy and his burden is lightweight it won't wear you down the reason i speak to somebody's back You are having back problems because the yoke and the burden is so heavy It's been pressing you down and you can't stand up straight because the yoke is so heavy and the burden is so heavy But tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth We snatch that yoke off of your back and we say come to Jesus give your life to Jesus He will set you free From every yoke the enemy would put on your back, put around your neck, enemy's yoke, got you working for him. Jesus wants you working for him. All you need to do is confess him. Hey, God. All you need to do right now is lift your hands, open your mouth, mean this from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I renounce the devil and every plan he has for my life i reject every yoke he's put on my neck and every burden he's put on my back i don't want to work for him any longer i don't want to serve him any longer set me free lord jesus to serve you and i'll serve you for the rest of my life set me free lord jesus i believe you're the son of god set me free setting me free. You've tried, you've tried everything else. You've tried everything else. Twelve steps. Eight steps. This program. That program. You've tried alternative drugs. Alternative medicines. You put patches here and there to quit smoking. You've done everything. You've skipped. You've hopped. You've jumped. You said, eddy, meeny, miny, mo. But today the only thing that will destroy the yoke is the anointing of God on your life. And you could have that when you make Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord. Life under the anointing is not heavy. It's not burdensome. In fact, Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. It's easy to do good. It's easy to do good. And healing all who were oppressed of the devil. It's, 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 let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There is absolutely nothing in the world more satisfying than letting God use you. There's nothing more satisfying than seeing somebody get saved and God use your mouth to lead them to the Lord. There's nothing more fulfilling in life than praying for somebody and watch them get healed, delivered. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Psalm 89. start at verse 20. (laughs) The Bible reads, I found my servant David. I anointed him with my holy oil. My hand is ready to help him. My arm will also give him strength. No enemy will take him by surprise. No wicked person will mistreat him. I will crush his enemies in front of him. And defeat those who hate him. My faithfulness and mercy will be with him, and in my name he will be victorious. You want to know why David, please stand, I'm finished. Please stand. You want to know why David wrote so many songs of praise and worship? Wouldn't you? See, when you realize like David did, God's anointed me with his holy oil. God rubbed himself on me. David's name means beloved. God loves me so much. Come on, lift your hands. God loves me so much. He rubbed himself on me. He did it when I was a young boy. And I was able to kill a lion and a bear. I thought that was something until I killed a giant. I was only able to do it because God rubbed himself on me he loves me so much he rubbed his holy anointing oil on me he put himself on me and no weapon formed against me has ever been able to prosper as long as i've lived david can say i've never been defeated he's defeated every one of my enemies i have to sing praises i have to tell people what he's done for me i have to tell people what it's like to live under the anointing i have to sing songs about the greatness of my god because he's helped me live in his kingdom live under his anointing I have to let the saints know what it's like to live under the anointing of the Holy Ghost because God himself said I will not let any enemy defeat you as long as I'm rubbed all over you you are undefeatable my brothers and my sisters when you truly discover God's great love for you when you really realize what it means to be anointed. You'll live under the anointing in a powerful way that gives testimony to God's goodness and his grace. So tonight, as we sit under this word in this sanctuary and you at home, you are anointed. Your praise, our praise, brings God's presence closer and closer. We've already prayed the prayer of salvation, but what we need to do right now is we need to begin to think about the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the love of God, and how much he's anointed you. And I want you to begin to open your mouth, put your hands together, We don't have any musicians here. We don't need that. God needs to hear your praise. So why don't you just give him a sincere praise. At home, at home, give him a prayer. God, we love you. God, we thank you. At home, at home, I bless you, God. I thank you. I'm fearfully and wondrously. Thank you for making me in your image and in your likeness. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for putting your Holy Spirit in me. Thank you for the anointing within and the anointing. of. I thank you that I'm going to do the greater works because of your anointing. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. That's shit of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being a very present help in the time of trouble. He's always been there, saints. He put his spirit within and his anointing upon so we would always know he's always there. Don't you let the devil lie to you and make you think you're not anointed and God is not there. He is there. And he deserves our praise because our praise is always acknowledging the fact The presence of God is on my life, in my life, around my life. He's doing something for my good right now. He's doing something for my good. I may not see it. I may not hear about it, but he's doing something for my good right now. He's doing something for my good. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.